Welcome back to the betting show on the podcast. Doug Maurice Austin Ward, Bill Landis, talking about Ohio State, Western Kentucky. This week, we'll also make a pick in a different Northern game at the end. We're going to talk a little bit about Ohio State prop bets, but we start off with how we think this game is going to go and what we think the score is going to be. And I do think, you know, we've talked a lot about game script, how we think a game will unfold. When it comes down to the particulars of a score, though, with as much as Ryan Day and everybody at Ohio State has been talking about the reduced number of plays, the reduced number of drives, one thing I had to do, guys, was try to figure out how many drives do I think are going to be in this game. And yep. then it's like, all right, well, then how often do I think they'll score on those drives? Western Kentucky in its first two games, Western Kentucky had 13 drives and 10 drives. Their opponents had 15 and 10. So overall, that's an average of, of 24 drives a game combined in the Western Kentucky game. So 12 on average, 12 each team. Ohio State's had 10 drives and nine. Their opponents had nine each game. That's an average of, that's like nine. So I am thinking with those averages, knowing that Western Kentucky wants to play fast, I'm anticipating each offense getting 12 drives in this game. Landis, does that as a starting point sound about right to you? Yeah, that's kind of the number I had in my head, like 11 or 12, certainly double digits, um, which I think will be music to Ryan Day's ears, a little more, a few more opportunities to get the ball into the end zone. Um, I did think about it as I was formulating my my final tally, and that's probably smart business moving forward, at least as we get more information about just how, how much exactly these new clock rules are impacting things. But for the time being, yeah, 12 sounds right. So Austin, once we figure out how many drives we think they're going to have, then we have to figure out how many times we think they'll score. Yeah. On those drives. We're not given our, our numbers yet, but just are you thinking to yourself, yeah, Ohio State's going to score in a bunch of these drives and you think Western Kentucky's going to score in a bunch of these drives or how do you try to analyze that part of it? Yeah, I, I think and I guess maybe I would hope uh, at least for Ohio State's sanity that they were more efficient on third downs and that they're more efficient f- uh, finishing off drives in the red zone and scoring touchdowns. And I think that they will be, but I, I have this sneaking suspicion and i'm going if i i've talked about this theory a number of times throughout the week that ryan day has treated the first two weeks as preseason and i think that he probably still will on saturday against western kentucky to some extent and ohio state in general is not the fastest bill looked this up you know the other day i I, i'm stealing this straight from his research that i mean they they take a lot of time before they get to the snap as well they they're not going full bore uh, hardcore tempo. They're not in an, in a rush to get that many plays off. Or if they were, we would have seen them change their strategy and let Ryan Day go to pure no huddle and, and mashing people and going really quick. And they're not doing that. And I don't think that they will against Western Kentucky either. So it's probably uh, those numbers you mentioned for the total drives in Western Kentucky games, like 11 to 12 is probably a good number. Uh, but Ohio State will also be in control of the game, in my opinion, late in in the fourth quarter and probably not trying to turn those final few drives into touchdowns necessarily. So I think they're going to be more efficient when it counts, but my score may not reflect that to the level that, that I'm talking about it. Western Kentucky, 23 drives this year, 10 touchdowns, three field goals. So they scored on 13 of their 23 drives, Ohio state, 19 drives, seven touchdowns, three field goals. So they've scored on 10 of their 19 drives. Western Kentucky does have two defensive touchdowns this year, one in each game. So that kind of factors into their scores, how you think about number of possessions uh, as well. Also, as we try to analyze this, we're going to talk about Kyle McCord a little more specifically later in the show. 
how differently do you evaluate the Ohio State offense, Bill, in a world where Kyle McCord's the guy? Does that change how you view how you think this operate will work and and how much they'll score? Yeah, it, it changes. Um, I think how how I would view them keeping the pedal down throughout the entire game. If they were still more or less having the quarterbacks compete and and wanting to give them equal opportunities. You know, similar to how they were trying to score in the fourth quarter last week with Devin Brown against Youngstown State, even though that game was was in hand, even if the the number that Ohio State had wasn't as high as people wanted it to be. Um, I I'm probably don't think they're going to do that now that they have sort of their starting quarterback. And even if Devin does get into the game late, I, I don't think they're going to be quite as intent on on scoring and giving him similar opportunities as they would have been in these first two weeks. So um, if I was adding on points previously because I thought. They're basically going to try to score no matter what. Um, I probably shaved a touchdown or maybe 10 points off of this one because I think that that is no longer the case. So you're you're taking points off that they've settled on quarterback. I didn't know, Austin, if people might add points like, okay, here they go. Kyle's yeah. at peace. He's confident. The whole team knows the deal. This offense is actually going to start rolling. I think that there will be some of that, but not to the point of, oh, well, now you have a two-year C.J. Stroud and three NFL offensive linemen out there. I think that's I, the part that I'm buying into is still gradual improvement, and I know that that's not fun, uh, and certainly you're, we're going to be looking for something much better by week four, but if you went 23, 35, and forget about like necessarily the importance of competition with Indiana or Youngstown State, the offense got a little bit better last week, and I expect it'll get a little bit better this week. The scoreboard is going to reflect that, but I don't think personally that it's going to get to the point of, well, you're going to go throw for 500 yards. You're going to have touchdowns every time you touch it. I'm not sure that Ohio State is going to get quite to that point, and I still don't think that that will be viewed as a problem in Ryan Day's eyes. I I, I do believe the gradual rollout is is the approach here. And and maybe I'll be wrong about that, but I, I think that this has been methodical more by design than like complete uh, botching it in the last two weeks. I don't think it's a, it's been about errors in my opinion. You did mention third down. I looked at the third down numbers on both sides of the ball. They're underwater on third down, meaning that their defense is giving up a greater percentage of third down conversions than their offense is converting. I sent the numbers out to our tech subscribers, 614-662-4509, if you want to be part of that. They haven't been underwater on third down since 2011, right? Normally, they are, their offense has a higher third down conversion rate than their defense allows. So that is a huge part of, oh, we don't have enough plays. Oh, we're not scoring. We don't get as many opportunities. It's like convert on third down and get the other team off the field on third down, and that's going to get back to normal. But that's also like a part of winning, a part of scoring points. So that is something to keep in mind. I mean, that's that's a huge, a huge thing. And again, that's not against very good opponents, Bill, that you know they haven't been able to get off the field. They're 114th in third down conversion rate as an offense, but they're in the 70s in allowing third down conversion rate as a defense against two offenses that, frankly, I'm not sure they were even trying. Yeah, it's it's a little puzzling. I I am not really concerned with the defensive side of it. I I think that they will get back to the level they should be. They were really good on third down last year. Um, I think like top ten in the country in third down. That that is more or less been Jim Knowles' mo. 
uh, is being good on third down. Getting you know stop rate is an important thing to him. How how often do you get off the field without allowing points? Um, and they've actually done that. It's just a weird thing where like they've done it after surrendering a few third downs and then they get off the field. That's that's the frustrating part. Um, the offense is a little more concerning to me because they've tried it a number of different ways. Right, short yardage runs aren't working. Some of the passing on on third and medium has been inefficient. So I, I think it'll all get dialed in now that they have their guy and, and Kyle McCord a quarterback and can start kind of kind of rolling and building a momentum from here. But uh, they also need to be more efficient, I think, on first and second down so that these third downs are more manageable for them than they have been. All right, let's make picks. We're looking at a 29-point spread in this game. Ohio State obviously favored. A total of around 64 for the over-under. So Austin Ward... What is your score pick for Ohio State, Western Kentucky? And then what does that mean for your spread and totals? I have Ohio State uh, winning this game 45-17. So that is a Western Kentucky cover uh, off the line that we're using there, or that I'm using at DraftKings, and that is under the total of 64. And alluded to this earlier, Western Kentucky is going to throw the ball a lot more Like You should have more opportunities for plays on both sides. I I think Ohio State will largely be content to run the football against Western Kentucky, take its time, make sure that it can stay healthy, work through some of these issues that we've talked about. Still scoring, like most teams, that that would not be a very disappointing day or like you left something on the field to go score 45 and win by 28. It's going to be a comfortable win, but I think Ohio State's goal is not style points, not work out every possible thing that you could throw in the playbook for Notre Dame to see it. I think quite the opposite. I think they want to challenge the offensive line to run the football. They want to get some third downs, get them on the ground, um, let Travion Henderson work, let Mayan Williams, let Chip Trainum all get carries. I think they will be content to see this game through, be ahead comfortably, and then get to the finish line as healthy as possible for Notre Dame. I think that is goal number one win the game, and stay healthy. And if you do it by four touchdowns, Ryan Day will do backflips. I think he will be totally happy with that. So that is taking the points with Western Kentucky and taking the under, both slightly on those. We do want to note that on the Ohio State bet so far this year, Austin's 3-1 and one on the Ohio State total and on the Ohio State spread. And now we go to Bill Landis, who's 0-4. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you for that intro. Um, yeah. My score is Ohio State uh, 49, Western Kentucky 24. Um, I think I'm I'm more or less aligned with, with Austin's line of thinking. I, I do think Ohio State can probably live pretty comfortably running the ball a decent amount in this game based off how Western Kentucky's played in its first couple of games. South Florida really moved the ball on them on the ground. Um, I, I think Ohio State can do some of the same. I wonder I'm, – I'm a little – Afraid, I think, of of a potential Western Kentucky defensive touchdown that that might make this a, a little wonky in terms of the spread and the and the uh, the total. But I'm over on the total, and and I have Western Kentucky covering anyway. So, but I just wanted to put that out there in case anyone was thinking otherwise, because they do have five takeaways this year. They led the country in takeaways last year. Doug, you mentioned they do have two defensive scores, and and I'm wondering a little bit about Kyle McCord. I think has has. I think a little more like gunslinger to him than we've seen in these first two games. And now that he is the starter and I think will be emboldened by that, does he, does he start to take more chances with the football, which I am 
pretty much in favor of, um, but that could lead to perhaps an interception and and this team's good at getting those and taking them back for touchdowns. So I think that's something to keep in the back of your mind, but uh, I do think Ohio state's pretty comfortable in this. I, I envision it being more or less like a, a two touchdown cushion for them at all times. I think they're pretty drive efficient. I have seven touchdowns here. If it's, if it's 11 or so possessions, that's pretty good for Ohio state. Um, probably want to be balanced. I think you, I, you don't want to show them much like, like Austin said, but I, I think, I won't be surprised if we do see a wrinkle or two, if only to get it on film for something for Notre Dame to think about. Um, and all that combined, though, I think I think leads to a fairly comfortable Ohio State win. All right, I'm in the same range as you guys, and I am Ohio State 41, Western Kentucky 20. Thinking about 12 drives each, I have Ohio State scoring seven of the 12 drives, five touchdowns, two field goals, and Western Kentucky is scoring four of the 12, two touchdowns, two field goals. I'm under like Austin. I'm also taking Western Kentucky in the points. We are united in that, Austin. We're all taking the plus 29. That's a lot. 29 points is a lot of points for an offense I think we all believe from Western Kentucky is going to score. Nobody's coming in here with a Western Kentucky six. And if and if this is not an Ohio State offense yet that is able slash trying to drop a 70 on somebody, then the plus 29 feels feels pretty favorable. I, I wonder, Doug, if, you know, because we know that when the odds makers are going through this and setting the odds, like, we know what they're looking at, and that it's the talent disparity, and Ohio State is going to have more than virtually everybody. Certainly, these non-conference games are harder. Uh, Indiana was a large spread, too. Uh, I wonder if the factoring in the changes to the rules and, you know, and we can maybe that's been made too big of a deal of by Ryan Day or by me or anybody else. Like maybe it's not that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things compared to the efficiency, which I would say is fair. But I think that over Ryan Day's body of work, there's become this expectation that he is going to put up massive point totals each and every time out. And I don't think right now that that's the goal as they work through some of these issues. That's that's my personal stance on the first three weeks of the season. And the odds makers haven't adjusted to that part of it. And probably they don't want to because at any moment, Ohio State could snap that into yep. gear or Ryan Day could connect. And I like, and and then we'll look silly for taking Western Kentucky in those points because of the talent disparity. Uh, or if the Big Ten officials don't decide or the whoever's officiating the game decides not to take a touchdown off the board for the Buckeyes every week just for funsies. Like that might, that might skew this as well. But uh, right now, it's clear that uh, that Ryan Day doesn't care much about the point spread. He might, he probably never does, but that's I, I just don't feel like that's Ohio State's goal right now. And as Ryan Day said, Austin Reed, Western Kentucky quarterback, that's an NFL draft pick. Malachi Corley, their number one receiver, that's an NFL draft pick. So I like Denzel Burke. You know, if you, th- if you think, oh, the pass rush will come around or, or Jim Knowles will get it going, they still have dudes, right? So th- this is not, um, yes, there is a talent disparity, one through 22, one through 44, but the guy chucking it and the guy catching it, and he's going to be in, he's going to probably have 15 targets in this game are real guys. And so I think that's why we're all giving Western Kentucky some points. So, you know, if you want to take advice, we're all pretty united on the plus 29 here. We, we like to get to Ohio state prop bets and we will. They are not super interesting this week because as we record this, there aren't player props out there. So we kind of want to make our own player prop here, Landis, and we want to talk about how many passing yards we think Kyle McCord will have in his first game as the 
unabashed, no doubt about it, quarterback for the Ohio State Buckeyes. If you, I guess we're not really setting an over-under, we're making a prediction. How many passing yards do you think Kyle McCord will have on Saturday? So I went and looked up. Um, Western Kentucky has played four Power 5 opponents in the last two years prior to this one, 2021 and 2022. They weren't particularly good teams. It was Indiana and Michigan State in 2021. The Michigan State team had a good record, but their pass defense was atrocious. Um, and then they played Indiana and Auburn last year. Uh, in those four games, the opposing quarterbacks uh, averaged 296 passing yards per game. And the only reason that number is that low is because Auburn somehow only mustered 122 last year in a 41-17 win. The, all the others were comfortably over 300. Uh, a couple approached 400. So uh, I'm kind of going off of that. I, th- I think Kyle is – I don't know that he gets the 300 because I, I kind of agree with the idea that they're not really going to kind of push it to get him there. But I think he's close to it. So I'm at like 285 for Kyle. And one of the things we have to take into account here, Austin, is if you're just looking at Kyle McCord stats, week one, he threw for 239. Last week, he, two th- he threw for 258, but he split it last week. The Ohio State yep. quarterbacks last week were 21 of 33 for 359 yards. So what's your McCord number for this week? <laughs> yeah, for all this uh, conversation that we've had about the offense and what's you know going right or wrong, they're still the number one passing attack in the Big Ten and are going to remain that way, I'm sure, for the rest of the season. Oh, I- Brian Ferentz might have something to say about this. Just chill out there. <laughs> I'm more curious what Caden McNamara has to say about it because his press conferences are wildly entertaining. Uh, I B- Bill's number, I cannot believe that it came out to that. I was going to say, and I did not do all the research that he did about Western Kentucky's pass defense. I was going to say Kyle McCord was going to throw for 296 yards. And now there it feels like, like I just stole that directly off of his sheet, which I did not. So I'm going to knock two off of it. And now I'll settle on 294. And I will just say an even 300 because I do think I'll be very curious. Listen, this is one of those things you anticipate Ohio State's going to have a lead. I also think there's a where the team down factor like Ohio State. People have referenced that Auburn game, right? Western. That was last year or two years ago, Bill, the Auburn last year, last Last year. year. That was 17, 17 at the half, right? And then I, Auburn just wore them down in the second half, and I think it was a 41-17 final. So it's also possible that, you know, Ohio State's using three running backs. Ryan Day talked about that this week, that they seem to like that. It feels like it's going to stay that way. They might just chip and Mayan Western Kentucky to death in the second half, sort of what you talked about, Austin. It's like, what does he even want to do? Does yeah. he want Kyle McCord to throw for 300 yards? Or would he be happy with a 19 of 25 for 247 and be like, efficient, converted on third down, and then we were violent on the offensive line and ran the ball. So that's a big part of this. And I I do think that's on the table for how you're trying to evaluate this with a total, with the backdoor cover or anything that Ohio State in the second half, Western Kentucky is going to keep wanting to throw it. Ohio State might just sit on them and just put together a couple 75-yard drives that take a bunch of time off the clock. But I'll still give Kyle McCord 300. We're right in the same range there. Nobody's saying 450. Nobody's saying 198. So if you know that that's a prop that would come out late in the week, you know, I would you know if it's set at like 274 and a half or whatever, we all think maybe you go over that. Okay, when we come back on the betting show, we're going to do actual Ohio State prop bets for this game that you actually can make bets on, and Austin's going to complain about why there aren't more, and we will discuss whether we should start our own sports book. We'll do that next on the betting show. 
Doug Maurice back with Austin Ward and Bill Landis. Austin, just like, do you know how to start a sports book? Like, is it, we have a YouTube show. We yeah. have a podcast. You guys have gear with a logo on it. How much more difficult can starting a sports book be? I started doing some research on that. That's really all you need, apparently, because it's a logo. There, there's some that just came out in the last couple of weeks that I've been experimenting with. And I think that's all they do is make clothes and have a, a beta site that doesn't seem to be fully functional and not giving people uh, their referral bonuses back when they actually send people to that site. So I bet we can do it. Uh, it I don't know if we want to add more to it. We are, we're making a lot of content on here. So yeah. I don't know if we want to be on the hook for it. But I can promise you, when or if we do, we will not wait until Saturday morning or Friday afternoon yeah. or Thursday to put individual prop bets on the board. That is a promise. I will give you something to stay entertained all week long. And take your money. Just take our money. Nobody wins on prop bets anyway. Just take our money. We want to give it to you. All right. We are each going to do two Ohio State prop bets for this week. There are a lot of by quarter, by half, by individual team total. Those kind of prop bets are out there on most of the sites. There aren't just aren't. Anytime touchdown scores yet, there aren't, you know, over under on passing and receiving yards, that kind of thing. Although there are, as we record this on Thursday out there for a lot of other games. But anyway, enough complaining. Austin, what are your two prop bets for this WKU OSU game? Yeah, I found some interesting ones uh, out of the the boredom with just traditional quarters and, uh, you know, quarter spreads and totals. Uh, I went back to the well for the first in week one. I used the highest scoring half. Uh, I thought that was intriguing. The, the number was not as as large this time, but I still think it will be the second half in this game. I got that at uh, plus one twenty five on DraftKings, I believe. Uh, you know, I think that because of what I'm talking about with the running the football and uh, you know Ohio State's goals in this game, like Western Kentucky is probably going to keep slinging it throughout, like third quarter, fourth quarter, to try and score. I don't expect when it's competitive high leverage situations early on that Western Kentucky can make this a fair fight against Ohio state. So it may be something like 21 to three at halftime. And if that script plays out, uh, you know, I think that they can, that Western Kentucky, once they get to the backups for Ohio state's defense or in that secondary, they'll still leave, you know, Reed and Corley out there to make some plays and they will eventually score. Maybe blue Smith gets one back in the horseshoe. Uh, so I have the second half being the highest scoring half. That's at plus one twenty-five. And then that dovetails nicely into another prop that I found on FanDuel, which I thought was uh, even more intriguing. One passing touchdown in every quarter of the game at plus 390. Uh, I think that Kyle McCord's going to have a couple. I believe that G. Scott is going to score in this game. If that if there was a big number on that for an individual touchdown, I'd be looking to hit that. He's been uh, a, a target on key downs, two for two on fourth downs. Uh, but both of these teams are capable of scheming up and making things happen through the air. So uh, four passing touchdowns spread over each quarter. I expect that to happen. Plus 390 is a juicy little number to get there. That is juicy. If you hit that, you're oh. going to extend your already present bankroll lead, which we'll get to in a moment. Landis, he's counting <laughs> his money. Austin, I swear, it just... I'm not sure if we're ever going to start our own sports book. I think one day you're going to leave us to just go <laughs> start. War I live here out. now. <laughs> It'll be great. I'll definitely bet at your sports book. And I'm That's sure that you will give referral bonuses at wardbook.com. Uh, I promise. Landis, what are your two props? 
Uh, so I, I'm looking for a little bit of uh, plus odds. I think when I'm shop- when I'm shopping these now because I'm dead broke. <laughs> this with oh, this bankroll that always works out. Yeah, yeah. Get down so I'm cha- and get I'm, desperate. Never fail. I'm chasing in week three. Uh, so I found I have Ohio State at 49, right? So I think they're going to score seven touchdowns. I did see on DraftKings Ohio State total touchdowns over six and a half was at plus 115. So that dovetailed nicely with what my final score prediction was for Ohio State. Um, and then the second one was one that I played in the opening week uh, again the Indiana game that did not hit. It's the first quarter total combined both teams over 13 and a half. Um, it was pretty consistent for Ohio State last year. Did not hit in the opener. It would have hit last week had had we had the ability to play it. There were 21 points scored in the first quarter of the Ohio State-Youngstown State game. Um, I do think Ohio State's getting on the board early here. Um, probably, like you know, They're going to score on their first two possessions or two out of their first three possessions. I, I think they get that many in the first quarter at least. And, and I think Western Kentucky could be um, – good for a touchdown too. A lot of times when you make a play like this, you're not so certain that the opponent can be good for a first quarter touchdown against Ohio state. I think while it's not a guarantee, I think Western Kentucky is probably about as good as it gets for, for the offenses that Ohio state is going to play this year and their ability to do that, especially in a non-conference game. So um, I like this one. It's at minus minus one forty-eight at DraftKings over 13 and a half. All right. Uh, my two prop bets are both related to Western Kentucky and the idea that we all think they're going to score. Western Kentucky over one and a half touchdowns. It's terrible odds. But I almost cannot envision a scenario where Western Kentucky doesn't score at least two touchdowns. I I think they're much more likely to score four touchdowns than score one. So it's minus 180, which is awful. But if it's a sure thing, I mean, it's money. It's free money. Take the money. Take the money. (laughs) So all you have to do is just bet a lot. No, don't bet a lot. Just win. It's sometimes nice to win. So it's minus 180 at DraftKings. I like over one and a half touchdowns. And then tied to that, I had to like triple check this because I thought maybe it was wrong. It's a first half total for Western Kentucky on DraftKings. Over seven and a half is minus 105. Like is Western Kentucky going to score 10 points in the first half? It's like, I'm pretty sure they're going to. That I just don't think they'll only score once or I don't think they're going to stop and kick field goals either. So I, I really like that one, and those odds are much better. So again, this is just tied to not that I think, not that we think Western Kentucky is going to score enough to make Ohio State nervous in the fourth quarter, but I just don't think this is as good as this Ohio State defense looked in week one. I think as much as Austin, everybody, I think, still buys into an improvement from Jim Knowles with his scheme and communicating that in year two. I just don't think this is one of these days where they throttle. Western Kentucky. And so if you're thinking, you know, two or three touchdowns, 20, 24, 27 points for Western Kentucky, I think there's some bets out there for you. Well, and, you know, there's other factors here. If we're talking about Western Kentucky's passing attack, Josh Proctor's coming back from uh, a week dealing with, uh, you know, a lower leg issue. We've, we've always said we, we've got to see Josh Proctor not just healthy, but, you know, as that free safety, is he going to be aggressive playing the football, too aggressive playing the ball? Uh, if something like that, you know, pops, you have one mistake, one guy gets beat in a nickel situation. There's still an element where Ohio State is working through, uh, you know, different personnel, different looks. They blitzed a ton last week, more than we thought they would have. How does that all transpire? Like, there's always this element with the Jim Knowles defense that even – with the improvements they've made and being very sound that, well, 
you know, five explosives or, you know, give an inch and, and we'll defend it. Like they have got beat for some of those and they lead to scores. I think Western Kentucky is capable of doing that. If they only have to do it for your bet, you know, twice and that's it. And those may be the only two touchdowns that Western Kentucky scores, but that's all you need. And Ohio State would win comfortably. Jim Knowles would make enough plays. Uh, Ryan Day would and would take that if they leave with the scores that we've all thrown out. I, I don't think he would be unhappy with any of those uh, based on the approach so far. So, like those those numbers are are interesting to be sure. All right, when we come back, we'll put it on the board. How bad are our bankrolls? <laughs> and what's one more northern bet? We'll do that next on the betting show on the podcast. Doug Maurice, Austin Ward, and Bill Landis, who did at least win last week. Bill, you started off 0-5, and you went 2-3 and last week, but you lost your head-to-head Temple-Rutgers showdown. It sure did. With Keep Austin. chopping, baby. Chop! <laughs> I do think, I, I'm pretty sure I was watching Alabama-Texas, and then I was like, oh, Temple Rutgers is also on right now, and I feel like I should watch that because it's Austin versus Bill. Bill, did you also experience that? Uh, I did not experience the the desire to go watch it, but I <laughs> certainly I pulled up the uh, the ESPN app at one point to see what the score was, and then uh, came close to throwing my phone across the room. Yeah, yeah, and Austin caught it and then spiked it and said, "Take yeah. that, Landis." <laughs> it wasn't even close, Austin. You destroyed him on that bet. I think it should count double. Yeah, uh, really. Oh, if you find the easy. at my sports book, if you bring your friend in and you make a bet <laughs> and you have opposite ends, you not only get to take the casino's money, the sports book's money, but you get your friend's money too. Yeah. The one thing about that is is that Landis is bigger than you. So if that, <laughs> that like go tell Landis, hey, you owe me double in your parking lot bet. I'm not sure how that's gonna go. Uh I was He's a gentle t- giant. He's a gentle giant. I am. Not when it comes to taking his temple money, though. That's when he turns <laughs> it on. It's like, no. Uh, I was super excited. Like, I'm terrible on my Ohio State bets, but I love Notre Dame minus seven. I love Colorado minus three last week, and those both cashed easy, especially Colorado. People are not yet like the 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 algorithms, the the you know the betting expert math stuff has not caught up to Colorado yet. So I also will. This is not my northern bet of the week. Along those lines, there are bets, there are on Colorado games out into the future that are already out there. And now I'm riding Colorado and I just want to tell people about it. I think you might be able to get on the opposite side of this because they have Colorado State this week, but they have Oregon and USC out there. At the moment, USC is only minus 14 and a half against Colorado. And I think that might be the day when the chickens come home to roost and it's like, oh, Colorado isn't as good as USC. And Caleb Williams is like, I respect you, Deion Sanders, but also his, here's a 51 right on your head. So if you want to get out and, and maybe go against the hype, there might be a chance to bet against Colorado because those lines are already out there. All right, but we're betting these right now. Our bank rolls are not good. Austin is down $23.96, which on this show is great success. I am down $25.68, and Landis is down $62.06, still digging out of that 0-5 hole, slowly but surely, losing money less quickly. Bill Landis. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I like how Berm, Berm put this ma- amount in green, like we're actually doing something here. That's, that color scheme's not right for what we've done yeah. so far. 
It is, uh, it is not a go. It is not a go at all with the advice so far. Uh, Austin, what is your other northern bet of the week? So I generally prefer to fade Mike Loxley at every opportunity. Mm. But there is one trend which you shouldn't do that, and that is Maryland in non-conference games. Uh, it's pretty wild, the success that they've had, not only scoring points, but I think they have the nation's third longest non-conference winning streak that Mike Loxley did that. I, I had to do a double take and I didn't like 14 and a half. I mean, Virginia, we know your heart goes out to them for, you know, the, the tragedy that they've been through, but they, and they're fighting through it, but they're not a good football team and getting blown out by Tennessee and following that up with a loss to uh, James Madison. Not good. It doesn't trend well with Maryland. I don't love the pure, spread on this game at 14 and a half is what I saw. But if you clicked on that SGP tab on DK and you got 13 and a half and Maryland over 32 and a half in this game, you could bump that up to plus 135, which I absolutely love based on the trends. Um, once I saw that that was a real thing going on, there's real money involved in this bet. I can oh. promise you, America, I believe in Mike Loxley against Virginia. Wow, that's not nothing that Austin Ward is believing in the Maryland Terrapins. Uh, Landis, are you betting on Temple again? No, thanks. Uh, <laughs> not, I'm not even sure who uh, who my owls play this week. No, I'm not. I'm not betting on Temple. Uh, I I was again sh- shopping around for some for some plus odds that I thought made sense to help get me out of this hole that I'm in, and and I wasn't gonna go there. I was I was looking at the lines um for ohio the bobcats ohio university hosting iowa state this week which i thought was interesting and it's about a field goal three and a half some places and i just kept thinking about it and so you know what i think the bobcats are actually going to win that game outright so i'm taking ohio on the money line plus 145 at fanatics is, is the best value that i saw there um these are two teams that don't have a whole lot going on on offense but i i kind of believe in ohio's ability to get it going a little bit with Curtis work back from his injury and, and just kind of getting a little bit of a rhythm. I think this is Ohio would be three and zero right now had Curtis work, their quarterback not gotten hurt in their opener against San Diego state. Their defense has been pretty good. Uh, they, they beat FAU and they have an, another win against a long Island team. That's a, a FCS team and a new FCS team. So that doesn't mean much, but I think they're playing decent football. They're one of the better teams in the Mac. And I think Iowa state stinks. Um, and I also don't think Matt Campbell is a good football coach. Uh, so I am picking Ohio uh, to win this game outright at home uh, and giving the Cyclones a second straight loss after losing the Cyhawk game last week. Terrible Matt Campbell and terrible uh, Iowa State almost came back and beat Iowa last week. So uh, if you want to bet, you're always also, uh, if you listen to the show, you're always allowed to bet against Iowa. Uh, I am not doing encouraged. That. You're not just allowed. You are encouraged to encouraged. do so. It just brings pleasure. <laughs> I'm not doing it this week because I got all fired up about Rutgers because you guys, I turned Alabama off to watch Rutgers last week. Rutgers is a touchdown favorite at home against Virginia Tech. Do you want to know the last time Rutgers was a touchdown favorite or more against a power five team? Mm. 2007. 2015 2015 against kansas remember that was like the awful like rutgers versus kansas game where they were each like 0 and 60 going in so this is not a spot that rutgers is accustomed to and i think everybody's getting a little excited austin about rutgers 
So I'm going to take Virginia Tech plus seven at Rutgers. Virginia Tech and Purdue played a weird game last week. There was a six-hour weather delay. But I actually think Purdue might be okay. And so I think if we're like trying to play things, it's like, oh, you know, Virginia Tech couldn't beat Purdue and Rutgers beat Northwestern and Temple. And I think we just might be out over all our skis. So I don't know. Maybe Rutgers are win, but it's still they're, they're still kind of Rutgers. So I'll happily take um, a whole plus seven with uh, Virginia Tech in that one. Those are our picks. We hope to win you some money this week. We certainly will give you great Ohio State coverage. Austin, you and Berm will be out there at the shoe on Saturday with some live uh, keys to the game yep. on our YouTube channel live from the stadium, right? We'll be there. Uh, we started that about 9.30 on Saturday last week, so that would be about 2.30 for a 4 o'clock kickoff. We'll, is that right? No, 1.30. I don't know. We'll do it when we get there. How about that? And that'll be <laughs> a couple hours before kickoff. We'll do those live uh, down there from the horseshoe. Uh, we will have some snappy J's afterwards, and I will continue to do the notebook. Uh, thanks to everybody who's been watching that one. It's really fun. I, I hope you like it. I know it's it's a little bit different way of doing it, but uh, trying to take everybody behind the scenes with that. And Berm and I will be there to do it in the shoe. And Bill, I will not be around for the postgame show this week, but you will be, and we'll be doing that right after Western Kentucky and Ohio State ends again live on our YouTube channel, and then that'll pop in our podcast feed later. Yeah, a little bit of different format, I think, this week. It'll be it'll be me taking a lot of texter questions, I think. So we'll we'll put a call out for those toward the end of the game. Um, I think Austin and Berm will be on there kind of doing their snap judgments as part of that show as well. Uh, and then if uh, technology allows, we'll probably have the Ryan Day press conference there, and I'll be able to react a little bit to that. So slightly different format, but uh, still getting your live post-game analysis on our channel uh, as you become accustomed to. So if you're going to the game and you're driving home or you're out walking around, just pop on YouTube and listen to it as you're living your life. And you'll get that live reaction led by Landis, plus what's happening live from Ohio Stadium. And if you want to be able to ask questions for that postgame show, be a tech subscriber. We have a lot of people who are doing it. They seem to be liking it so far. It's a two-week free trial, six bucks a month after that. So it's 20 cents a day for a whole month of Ohio State insight and expertise. Text a message to 614 614- Six six two four five zero nine. You get back a link to sign up, and if and if you don't like it or you don't think it's worth it, you can just type stop within the fourteen days, and you'll never get charged a cent. But in the meantime, you'll have some Ohio State insight right there in your phone in your pocket. We appreciate you guys making the podcast part of your Ohio State fandom on YouTube and on your favorite podcast platform. We're bringing you the betting show every week. We'll catch you back here next week when we'll be talking about what's going to happen in Ohio State Notre Dame. That's going to be hot. You got to be around all next week because it's going to be nuts. I think it's going to be a really good game and a, a lot of interesting analysis leading into that. For now, for Austin Ward and Bill Landis, I'm Doug Maurice, and that was The Betting Show on The Podcast.